Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It's a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. We've got the PGA Championship. We've got NBA basketball. we got MLB. we got soccer. we got all types of sports going on. So this is a great time to get into DraftKings. DraftKings is America's top-rated sportsbook app, and it's safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your money at your own convenience. That's a very nice thing. NBA promotions are going on right now, so go to the app to get all those. Head to the app and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and so much more. If sportsbook is not yet available in your state, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app. They are offering a shot at a share of over $1 million every day this week. Again, download the top-rated sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter the promo code TATE when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus or a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For an Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. On to the podcast. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking about testing the waters. We are talking about unfinished business. That is what season it is in the college basketball calendar. Guys are pulling out of the draft at an unprecedented rate, Tate. Unprecedented. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. Tonight, I believe, at midnight or 11.59. They don't say midnight because then it gets confusing. But it's 11.59 p.m. Eastern is the deadline for guys to withdraw their name from the draft. So we have a long list of guys that have done that. Uh, not a lot of guys staying in the draft. That's what we've learned. But That's we're going to go through and, uh, and talk yeah. about the guys that have pulled out of the draft, basically. We both have uh, basically a list of guys that there's, there's ramifications to their returns, right? And they have the, the top 10 status that is included in this. They have the titles that are tweeted out just because they are returning. We have our good friend John Rossi in the middle of a Big Ten battle we're going to get into with all these guys. But yeah, there, there's a lot of big names and a lot of big names that are near and dear to our heart uh, and to the program that we're very excited about. Yeah, well. and one of those names is definitely not Marcus Carr of Minnesota. Screw that guy. Shoot him one and, of those names uh, was Marcus Carr for me. Get him out of here. <laughs> all I'm picturing is the gif of the umpire mm. that, that he point, he's, he's tossing. Yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, it's of like, course. Really yes, slow do it right now. Envision in your mind, listen. Yeah, I'm going to tweet it. Uh, Marcus Carr, uh, get the hell out. That's get my... That's my uh, but no, the Big Ten is back. We're going to break down uh, all the, the draft decisions, the implications there we're going to talk about this pac-12 situation the the we are united the hashtag we are united pac-12 mm. football players are mm. the ramifications there because it's it's uh obviously the 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 short-term implications have to do with the pac-12 football season but uh you know college players versus the the framework the of the, yeah, yeah the patriarchy has been a ongoing thing for a long time this is one of the most significant like pushes to, to to make change, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that a little bit. Also, a little NBA bubble. We we've both yes. been watching uh, the NBA all weekend. It's so good to have it back. I'm it's so, so excited. good. And it, it, it honestly, you know, just the way that games are on all day on the West Coast, it does feel like a very college basketball conference oh, yeah. journey vibe to it. So it, it, it's perfect for us. So we're, I we're woke very, up and texted you uh, Matt Thomas versus Duncan Robinson at 10:30 high emoji, <laughs> and then Matt Thomas didn't see the court, but uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. No, it, it, it's all about like, again. It's all about like the the what could be with a Matt yeah. Thomas. No, it's, Duncan's gonna be back. We always no. It's that. it's it's great. The, to, yeah, to be on the West Coast and wake up and basically have basketball like right after you have your breakfast, your coffee. Take, take that, NFL. Walk, yeah. 
and the games start. How great is that? Uh, we're going to talk about all the happenings in all of the world of college sports and beyond. But first, <laughs> what do you do? All right, Tate, we have a ton to get to. As I said, it is uh, testing the waters season for us here on the program. But also, uh, as I said at the top, it seems to be mostly unfinished business season because the Mm -hmm. waters have been tested. The tests have come back. And for a lot of these guys, they looked at their test and they said, I have unfinished business. I have to go back to school. Mm -hmm. I saw Fran Fraschilla tweeted something about that, that he he cracks up whenever someone in their statement about coming back, they say unfinished business, which he always reads as like, I didn't want to make 25 grand playing in Turkey (laughs) next season. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to make four grand a week. And yeah, yeah, exactly. But I will say, this is the one situation where the unfinished business thing makes sense. We literally didn't have a tournament. So I won't won't kill guys too much for, for using the unfinished business line. But a lot of guys coming back, Tate. A lot of guys coming back and it's great for college basketball, but it's great for the idea of testing the water because it makes it so it's not so taboo to return. It makes it more of a, an enjoyable experiment. And when you think about the big names that I guess decided to come out and say they were going to test the waters, you look at a Chris Smith at UCLA, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's a big name guy you and I like. We're Pac-12 guys. He decides to come back. It's an announcement. Everyone's excited. UCLA. Are they back? That's what is people this are a, asking. People are saying this is the summer of UCLA, and yes. I'm I'm not one to disagree. This is this is the summer of Mick. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And then LSU, the same thing. I mean, there yeah. was, it might be the summer and or the spring of Will Wade. Yeah, uh, and and they got their guys coming back, and Javante Smart and Watford's coming back as well. Um, you know, I'm still worried about like Dakari Johnson was another test the waters guy. I've been waiting on that announcement. I'm not sure he was at Cape Fear Community College, so I don't know where he is or if he will test the waters, if he will return. Um, but like you said, a lot of good players are coming back. And I think it all starts in the Big Ten. I was going to say, uh, you're burying I'll, the lead here. Tate. I'll let it's you take Big it Ten. away. Uh, the Big Ten is, is, is the Big Ten going to win a national championship <laughs> next, next year? I think all signs point to yes. The streak <laughs> is going to get snapped because basically – The Big Ten is becoming Rex Ryan on the Jets where every year yeah. the Super Bowl is promised. I, uh, I got so excited about the, the idea of the Big Ten being the best conference again. And then I started like actually paying attention to, to what's happening. So let's go through the names in the Big Ten are back. First of all, it starts with Luka Garza, who yes. John Rothstein is just, just cannot get enough of. He, he mm. came onto our program. He knows that we're big Obi Toppin guys. And he came on our program and said Luka Garza should have won National Player of the Year, which is patently false, but whatever. It, it, take away – he definitely <laughs> was the second best player. We'll yes. put it that way. Yes. We're, we're, we are not Garza haters on the program. We just loved Obi Toppin. No, it, he was our 1B Player of the Year. The 1A yeah, just happened yeah. to be yeah. Yeah. the best. yeah. But 1B is back, uh, so that's obviously huge news. Luka Garza will be the heavy, heavy favorite, probably unanimous favorite to be National Player of the Year in the preseason. Um, so reason to be optimistic if you're an Iowa fan. Re- like, the Iowa fans are going crazy. They're like, this is – Rostin literally tweeted, the Big Ten goes through Iowa City. Yes. And then Illinois fans said, not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> Iowa DeSomo is back. Kofi Coburn is back. Yes. Uh, Illinois is – pretty loaded for uh especially in this new iteration of what illinois basketball is like this is the most talented team they've had hmm i'd have to think about it like i want to say they had like a pretty good team talent wise going into the uh wasn't like the myers leonard like dimitri mckamey mckamey years like 2010 i want to say they had like a pretty loaded team on paper going into that year but uh this team might be better than that going i don't know the expectations are, are as high in champagne as they've been in a very long time so illinois fans are like 
we are the favorites to, to, to win the Big Ten and to compete for a national title. And the yes. Wisconsin fans are saying, what the hell? We won the league last year. We have all five starters back. What has happened? And then, meanwhile, I mean, Michigan State fans are like, yeah, but we're Michigan State and we're the only team that's, that's nationally relevant. And Xavier Tillman is the one guy I think that, like, people were waiting to see if he was staying in the draft or not. That ultimately He's doubling down. Xavier says, yeah. I am playing in the NBA. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but uh, Aaron Henry's back. So Michigan State fans, Rocket Watts is back. Um, Gabe Brown is back. Like, Michigan State's going to have a pretty good team. The Big Ten, Tate, is absolutely loaded. But then I, I, I was excited about it, and then I really, like, thought about it. And I thought just the idea of Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin being the three best teams in the league, I don't love it. I don't love the <laughs> – I don't love that. That's, uh, there's nothing wrong with them. Like, it all makes sense on paper. I mean, Iowa, we should say, Iowa finished last year, I think, like, tied for fifth. They were, like, a four-way tie for fifth in the Big Ten with Ohio State I, because I, they had the same record as Ohio State. I remember that. So, for, like, being so excited about Iowa, Iowa plays no defense whatsoever, which doesn't fly in the Big Ten. Like, eventually that catches up to you. And you start – you. the Big Ten is not a league for to, – to, to, to play, like, the Dallas Mavericks and uh, just – Played no defense whatsoever in Jack threes and wow, who would have like thought the Lucas, the Lucas, the connect. Lucas, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like the big, it, it, it's it's exciting, it's fun. If I'm an Iowa fan, I'm very optimistic, but I got to say, is like a, putting my college basketball analyst cap on, like I'm not exactly handing the Big Ten title to Iowa based on just Luca Garza coming back, who is who is just a an absolute revolving door on defense. <laughs> And to say the least, John Rossing putting it out there, like you said, the Big Ten goes through Iowa City. He gets ratioed by the Champaign. You know, it goes through Champaign, Illinois. You know what I mean? And the list goes on and on. There was no one from Northwestern that chimed in. I found that pretty surprising. Northwestern's but- like, we went, Chris Collins is like, we went to the tournament last year. You remember that? <laughs> you guys remember Chris, that? that was- Chris. Chris. That was three years ago now? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did find a great quote from March 8th. Uh, this is from Co- – or no, this is from DeSumo talking about the rivalry of – first of all, Iowa-Illinois being a rivalry in general, that being the featured rivalry, I find, like you said, it doesn't – it's not similar to what we would expect in the Big Ten, but I like it. It's a little bit different. Illinois is a school. I want to say Illinois is like a school without a rival in the Big Ten. Mm. It's very bizarre because Illinois kind of hates everyone equally. They they have like they should kind hate of, Indiana. I feel yeah, like. it's sort of Indiana. Yeah. There's sort of a rivalry with Iowa, sort of with Wisconsin. They definitely hate Ohio State. Everyone in the Big Ten hates Ohio State. <laughs> everyone also hates Michigan and in, in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um. So I feel like Illinois fans hate everyone, but like. <laughs> There's not a and, and the reason they hate everyone is because I don't think there's a single school in the Big Ten that hates Illinois the most. You know what I mean? Mm. Like every single school has a number one rival, and Illinois is like, you know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's just a weird spot to be for Illinois fans, I think. Well, and and you know, Kevin Stallings is a coach that we like to reference on this podcast, and Io was talking about the Iowa thing, and he said, you know, basically they want to kill us, and we want to kill them, and uh, I just find that you know a fascinating juxtaposition between two. When teams did Stallings that- say this? This is no, this is what IO oh, oh, I understand. <laughs> in the same okay. vein of Kevin Stallings. Kevin, oh, I I mean, Kevin Stallings probably says this. Yes. I thought like, someone went to stop. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Let's get Kevin Stallings' take on the Big Ten title race in 2021. If someone can get Kevin Stallings to call into our show for, for him to talk about, you know, the Pittsburgh experience, we're all ears. We're all ready. Uh, but, anyways, the Sumu, he basically said they want to kill us. We want to kill them. There's no sweetie or nothing like that. It's just as simple. We don't like each other. And 
as I was reading this, old it was Big just, East, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, they're trying to conjure up the magic of an old Big East mm-hmm. to try to create this new age Big Ten where we just don't like each other. It's simple as Dude, that. Dude, I'm for it. Last and year, I'm for it. Yeah. Last year, Mark Turgeon uh, is is Maryland's marching to their to a share a three way tie. Keep it in your pants, Maryland fans. Mm. My God, a three way tie. That's what we're losing our minds over. Um, but Maryland, Maryland finally stakes their claim to the Big Ten. They've been the, the redheaded stepchild in the Big Ten since they joined the conference because they, they just reek of ACC. They, they, they turn their noses up at the idea of being Come the home. Big Ten. Yeah, Come and we're all just like – Under we Armour. You don't want to be here. We don't want you here. <laughs> and then they took that personally, and they won the Big Ten. So the, mm. the, the entire march to the title is Maryland's in first place and almost chokes it away. Mark Turgeon is just basically giving double middle fingers to the whole conference. Gets in the little beef with Chris Holtman. Yeah. You have that little angle. You now have the, the Desumu versus the world angle. I, I am very excited about this. The idea of the Big Ten, no love lost. Fran McCaffrey's out of his damn mind. We don't know. McCaffrey's going to fight everybody. And his son got in a fight at Illinois. Uh, yeah, Underwood's crazy too. Yeah. Brad Underwood. Like Brad Underwood versus Fran McCaffrey has my attention next year. Yes. That'll yes. be – That'll be amazing. Uh, yeah, this this is it's setting up to for it's it's setting up for a classic Big Ten year where like there are six teams that are ranked in the top ten at some point in the season. Uh, we get twelve teams into the tournament. Uh, we get <laughs> like six teams into the Sweet Sixteen, one into the Final Four, and zero national champions. <laughs> <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> And that's the big tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you talked about the hate out of Illinois. Let's start with a Chicago guy. Uh, let's pivot out of, of there. So Chicago okay. recruit that did not go to Illinois. He went to UCLA. His name is Chris Smith. He tested the waters, and now he's coming back to UCLA. He's also yeah. on the watch list, straight out of Chicago. And I learned a lot about Chris Smith because I brought this up to you. I just don't know. I didn't know enough about Chris Smith and his – you know, rise to prominence at UCLA this year. I didn't know yeah. enough about the talent that was Chris Smith because when I hear Chris Smith, all I think about is J.R.E. or J.R.E. J.R. Smith, yeah. J.R. Smith's brother, Chris Smith, who played at Louisville, who also wore number five. Uh, and- yeah, I literally thought it was the same player. Uh, when Chris Smith was starting out at UCLA, I was like, "How? I don't, I don't understand the math of how that happened, but that's pretty cool that J.R. Smith's brother – is not playing for for UCLA. Well, I have proposed a, a way to split this split the difference here. Basically, okay. what I, what I want to do is Chris Smith is six foot. He's perfect, right? He's exactly what we want to. I want to invest in Chris Smith, and I want to know more about Chris Smith. So I, I went in and I got some facts on Chris Smith. So Chris Smith is six foot nine. Mm-hmm. Nice, perfect for the brand. Great. Chris Smith went to Huntington Prep, same place as Andrew Wiggins. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. all in West is, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, in West Virginia, this is all yeah. lining up. You know, Chris Smith, right? from louisville you go through you go through the archives they have so many more things on louisville's page from his personal page they have his favorite player being chris johnson they have Wait, are you talking basketball. about are you talking about chris smith or chris smith i'm talking about chris smith at louisville okay, okay this is the other this is chris smith okay so if you go to the ucla page that's basically all the facts you can get on chris smith of ucla like that's it like, then he went to chris huntington smith. and then... then he went to huntington and his first name is sean and so the way to differentiate Wait, maybe yeah, yeah yeah so chris smith's first name is sean his middle name is Christian. His last name is Smith. And he goes by Chris Smith because he prefers Chris, Chris over Christian. But to get away from all this confusion with Chris Smith of Louisville, he could go by Sean, still four letters, still very smooth. The most famous Sean Smith, I think, out there is the cornerback for the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He could, he could strip himself away from this Chris Smith, Chris Smith whole thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Is what I'm okay. saying. And that's the answer. 
Okay. That's what I'm proposing <laughs> okay, here. Okay. Yeah. Sean Smith. I'm down. Yeah. Sean Smith. Sean Smith has a better ring than Chris Smith. Chris Smith is uh Okay. Yeah, it's too confusing. Anyway, he's coming back to UCLA. I want to know more about Chris Smith, the person. The player mm-hmm. is great. He's going to be a superstar. I see all all the all the linings up of being a, a lottery pick in the future. I'm not gonna get ahead of myself, but Sean Smith, that's the answer. <laughs> I tracked like 80% of that, but that's okay. Honestly, I wanted to play a game with you, Chris Smith or Chris Smith, but as I was going to it, there's not enough facts about Chris Smith enough. at UCLA. Yeah, yeah. But look at this. Chris Smith from Louisville. Here's on his uh, Louisville page. Would most like to meet Barack Obama. What impresses him most about Coach Patino? How straightforward he is, and he's the greatest at what he does in developing the skills of players. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of facts that Chris Smith from Louisville has on his page. <laughs> Chris Smith from UCLA has nothing. Yeah. We need yeah. more. Okay. Right. That, he's back in school. He's back in school. UCLA is going to be uh, – are, are we calling it? Is UCLA the favorite to win the Pac-12 now? They yes. almost won the Pac-12 yes. last year when yes. they, they didn't even start playing until February. They just basically, yeah, mailed it in until – yeah. The only hesitation I have is that Remy Martin also – Also uh, back. Yep. Attesting the water, friend of the program, uh, Kyle's guy, famously mm-hmm. Kyle's guy, is also returning. So uh, Remy Martin back in the Pac-12 is also, you know, Bobby Hurley, Remy Martin. That's a tough combo. But just to, all this to say West Dude. Coast basketball, I'm fired up. Uh, you want to talk about uh, coaching rivalry. You're talking about uh, Fran McCaffrey and Brad Underwood. <laughs> Give me Bobby Hurley versus Big Cronin. Oh, my God. The lightweight battle. Of- it's kind of like who's throwing the first punch. I mean, it's a, it's a good <laughs> bet either way. <laughs> that is a, the, the featherweight the featherweight fight. I'm trying to think. We need, like a, we need like a name for the Arizona State-UCLA rivalry now. Because, like, Arizona-UCLA is it's too mainstream. I think if, if you think Arizona-UCLA is the best rivalry in Pac-12 hoops, you're not paying enough attention. No. I don't think you're paying enough attention. You're, 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 you're buying into the uh, – the narratives you're buying into like the Arizona and the, 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 the history of the two schools and that they're competing for the recruits, all that kind of stuff. The real rivalry I think is Arizona state UCLA and whether they're fighting for actual PAC 12 titles, it's irrelevant. I'm not saying they're the two mm-hmm. best schools. I'm saying that's the rivalry I'm <laughs> locked in on because those yes. coach, those two coaches <laughs> coaching against each other. Yeah. And they're uh, perfect. They're perfect for each other. So what other, what other uh, guys coming back do we have to go through here? We have uh, the Baylor guys, Jared Butler and mm. Macy Oteague. Baylor's going to be, I, I, I've seen various uh, people have them in the top. I think top three is the way you describe it. Some people have them one. I feel like it's Gonzaga, Baylor and Villanova are the mm. three that everyone seems to be high on. I've, I'll be honest. I haven't done as much preseason research as uh, the circumstances have kind of thrown me off a little bit. Like, I think up until like a well, month ago, I, I until mean, I shifted to positive vibes only, I didn't think there was going to be a season. Yeah. And, and also def- like the deadlines have shifted and yeah, yeah. 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 And there's not a guaranteed draft for some of these, you know what I mean? There, there's, but there's, it feels like, it feels like from what I can tell from the guy, the college basketball media people I follow that are like really into it all. Uh, those seem to be the top three. The Baylor guys coming back definitely helps. Freddie Gillespie's gone for Baylor. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you have your three, your three headed monster, Davion Mitchell, uh, Butler T they're back. So will Baylor win a trophy this year? That's what we're going to find out. I, I rewind back to when uh, Baylor was number one in the country, and I don't want to. I don't want to put the blame on myself for the coronavirus, but I did point out. I, I think I said, <laughs> for the love of God, do not pull the clip. But pull the clip. I'm pretty sure I said the phrase like, 
Wouldn't it be hilarious if like coronavirus cancels the tournament and then Scott Drew has the best team he's ever had and he once again doesn't win a trophy? <laughs> yeah, and I think we were talking to Duncan Robinson. And sure yeah. <laughs> Duncan's like, man, that would be crazy. Scott uh, Drew has never been to a Final Four. He's never won a regular season conference. He's never won a conference tournament, a major conference tournament. Uh, so he's he might have the number one team in the country going into next year. So uh, maybe this it's, is the year, Tate. Yeah, it's kind of like when the Eagles broke up and they were like, you know, to get back together, hell would have to freeze over. That That's sort of like this, <laughs> yeah. this got through, you know. But yeah. uh, it was just a global pandemic. It wasn't hell freezing <laughs> over. Um, but, yeah, that uh, that all checks out. And, I mean, I was going to say, like, there's a, there's a couple, like a Matt Mitchell going back to San Diego State, you know, yep. that may catch your eye. And you're like, oh, they were a contender. Um, Corey Kispert coming back to Gonzaga. By the way, yeah. we should we should talk about just at large, like how many of these guys, uh, I, I think if you're listening to some of these names, because like Corey Kispert, I don't know how good of a pro prospect because I can't imagine he's like a, a first round. That's why he's coming back, obviously. So I, I, I'm assuming when Corey Kispert put his name in, it was probably just to test, test the waters. waters and we yeah. knew he's coming back. But at the same time, I think this draft cycle, I'm taking nothing. I was taking nothing for granted from any of these guys because – just how uncertain everything is. It, nothing would surprise me. I, th- I think Xavier Tillman's decision ultimately came down to he's married. He has a child, I believe. He's yep. already got his degree from Michigan State. There are a lot of reasons for him to just be like, I'm just going to go and, and whether I am, uh, you know, whether he's going to play professional basketball. It yes. might not be in the NBA. He's going to play pro. And I think, I think that point needs to be made as well is that like the, the conversations about what these guys do, it's no longer like, whether you're going to the NBA, a lot of these guys are just like, I just want to play professionally. And that's, that's, that's a dramatic change that's happened in the last five, six, seven years, whatever, where uh, I, I, I kind of have to explain this to some of my friends that don't really like follow it particularly. They're like, well, you think that guy could really get drafted? I'm like, well, I don't even know if he wants to get drafted. I think he just is like, I would like to make money. <laughs> and it really just comes down to that. Yeah. I say all that to say, uh, I really had no idea what any of these guys were. Nothing would have surprised me. None of the, none of these guys, like Marcus Carr, Minnesota. I don't. I. I don't know how good he is as a draft prospect, but uh, good against saying, o- against Ohio State. Yeah, they're like, can he play Ohio State? And yeah, I was. I was hoping. I was hoping to God the motherfucker was staying in the draft. I'll say that. Like I. I. I hate him. I despise him. I've never met the kid. Probably a nice kid, but I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say uh-huh. that I hate him. <laughs> And I'm not looking forward to playing again. But the the uncertainty of the coronavirus is interesting too, Tate, because uh, I, I what what is more uncertain? As I was thinking about it, I was like, I, I thought more guys would go because they'd be like, I don't even know if there's going to be a college season. I got to go get my money while I can. But then you start thinking about it, and you're like, well, what if there's not a what if you get like drafted? You get, you, but you're not like a guaranteed contract. You get sent to the G League, and then there's no G League season. And now you're just kind of stuck in purgatory of like not really on a team, not really. I don't know. Can't really like, travel what, what you to doing? another country yeah. to yeah, play yeah. For like what team. are you what are you really doing? Yeah, at that point. So I don't know how many of the guys decided to come back for that reason. Cause I think as I would as I would think about it, worst case scenario, if there is no basketball and uh there is gonna be basketball, positive vibes only, but if there is no basketball at all, there's no NBA season, there's no college season. I feel like the best place to be would be like just on the college. At least you're like working towards your degree. You get like a free year towards your degree, you work out at the facility. And that's how you spend your off year versus like living in Fresno, <laughs> trying yeah, to try to like yeah yeah living in Santa Cruz Santa like Warriors yeah 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 that's yeah good. but like you're yeah and you're not really like a part of the team but you're yeah I don't know so yeah it's interesting that. because there's still a bunch of guys that are like what you're saying they're on the like I I read this report that Vernon Carey is now projected to be a second round pick you know and I see that and I'm like one. <laughs> 
how how much has the draft changed since Sean May was picking the lottery? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like, Vernon Carey Vern- is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. So now he's going to be a second-round pick, apparently. So if I'm Vernon Carey, right, and I am still have my name in the draft, I would have more interest in, like, what you're saying. There's not a guaranteed situation I'm going into, whether I have a contract, where I'm going to be playing in the league. Why not spend one more year at Duke, where I have mm-hmm. all the eyeballs and Coach K and all the facilities and all these, you know, but who knows if that option is available. Same with, I don't know, Trey Jones, a guy that could go back to Duke and do yeah. the same thing. There's a bunch of Ashton Hagens at Kentucky. I don't know if Ashton Hagens is going to be a, a top first round pick. He may be, just because of... But also, dude, like, the, the draft this year sucks. Like the draft exactly. is not good, so I don't know. I don't know how. It's just like it's weird all around. The the, the talent. Dotson at Kansas is another name. Yeah, Lamine Janay uh, is another name yeah. that a lot of people were throwing out there. Love uh, love Lamine Janay. <laughs> uh, the the talent is not great. The in yeah. the draft this year, the the circumstances are obviously very weird. Like if you're Nick Richards, like if you're Nick Richards, what is yeah. what is the best option, right? I mean, I, I he if Vernon carries a second round pick, so is Nick Richards at best. So Nick Richards is going to be a second round pick. That's not a guaranteed contract. And like you said, he ends up in Cedar Rapids and then Cedar Rapids tells him he's not going to be playing this year. Like what's the, yeah, there's no season. And then like, what do you do with your time off? Where, where are you stuck? How much money are you making? What, what, what is the move? I don't know. This is, it's very weird. Like I, so each individual decision, I, I don't know how to. I don't even know if it's the right decision or not. I I, I don't envy these guys that are no exactly they, like they, trying they, to make sense of like what's the smart move here. It's like I, boy, like <laughs> I like know. if you're if you're Jay Scrub and you're a JUCO guy, of course you're like I'm going to the NBA. You know, you're just like I'm just going to yeah. make that leap. They're, they're, I'm not going back to JUCO situation, so I'm going to make that leap. But if you're Cassius yeah. Stanley and you have Duke, I mean, I'm just I keep going back to Duke, but maybe Dominic Moretti, like yeah, but Moretti, right? Like you, <laughs> yeah, he wanted to go to Italy to play. Yeah, so like, but he could maybe have gone back into the infrastructure of Texas Tech if he wanted to. I don't know, but um, I don't yeah, know. Trushev went to to Ser- to Serbia. To Serbia, yeah. yeah. Play, he wanted to play professionally there. Yeah, yeah. Those those sorts of it's it's very interesting. Uh, Jay Huff it's is back. Yeah, I meant to bring him up. Jay Huff is back. Love, love Jay Huff. Yeah, I love uh, my my Jay Huff. The Cavs. My Jay Huff. Uh, Jay Huff's really good, by the way. Like, oh he's, yes, he's he's a a legit like. He, he he is um how do i i guess rim protector would be the the phrase i was gonna say he's like the anchor of the virginia like how great the virginia defense is it's fine without him without when he's not in the game but like the man knows how to time a jump that's yeah for sure. he's fantastic yeah. but my my jay huff memory will always be him he's from durham they go back his i think it was his freshman year they play uh in cameron against zion the mm-hmm. zion duke team and he comes in and he's like killing out of the gate and i think he's two for two i think he has a dunk uh maybe a couple block shots and you're like oh this is amazing jay huff's like fired up to play in front of his hometown guys and then zion dunked on him with the name <laughs> one and tony ben was like all right get your ass he's like yeah yeah that was good that was good jay. <laughs> was like, come here jay, jay you're out. <laughs> that'll always be my jay jay huff is like i'm doing it i'm doing it we're really uh, okay all right, That's <laughs> all right. That's um any other decisions we got to go over like what uh what um I was just going through guys that maybe would would kind of move the needle as I as Eve I kind Pons of, is back at Tennessee. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, McKinley mm-hmm. Wright at Colorado for all the Pac-12 basketball fans. Um, uh, Eb Watson at Dayton was another one. Jalen Crutcher at Dayton. Jalen Clutcher, as we call him, us yes. Flyer fans. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Franz Wagner is back. Uh, that's good for the Wagner family going back. Jeremiah <laughs> uh, Robinson Earl uh, to Villanova. That's good. Um, Landers Nolly uh, is obviously you know transferred from Virginia Tech and is going to be at Memphis with Penny. 
So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are all the ones yeah. that I have written down. This is, this is good. But yeah. All these guys coming back again. I don't know how many of them were realistically. Oh, stay. Mac McClung. Mac McClung, Texas tech, baby. I forgot about Mac McClung. Let's go. This is, this is great for college basketball though. Right? Like this is, this is, I mean, the fact that so many fan bases, whether it's just in the big 10 or not, that's, that's the one that stood out to me was, uh, I was talking about the, uh, um, like Illinois fans losing their minds that Iowa might be considered the favorites and Wisconsin fans are like, no, we're the fair. The fact that like, it feels like so many programs are optimistic. Cause I, I saw so many tweets, so many reactions <laughs> from people that were just like the rest of the college basketball world is shaking. In their yeah, yeah. 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 Put, put them on alert. <laughs> yeah. Put them on. <laughs> they're on notice. Joe Chris Wise camp is back. Is back. <laughs> yeah, Joe Wise camp. <laughs> but this is good for college <laughs> basketball that all these fan bases think that like, the rest of the country is shitting their pants at the thought of playing against all these other yeah you know like everyone thinks that they should be number like I'm obviously I'm honestly I I have talked myself into Ohio State being very very good this year and I I imagine like all the non-biased uh, power rankings are gonna have them like sixth in the Big Ten or something yeah but that's good that like I I'm optimistic about it Ohio State's gonna be sixth what, what's going on with the ACC though let's do a big picture ACC look because I feel like not a lot of buzz around Duke. Not, not a lot of buzz, of buzz around Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think Virginia should be pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not feeling good about the ACC, huh? The ACC is completely up in the air, and it's also with North Carolina. I actually am very excited about the young version of this team. I am almost less optimistic about the older guys on the team. Like I don't <laughs> want to see Garrison Brooks anymore in my life, but you know that's that's. <laughs> that's part of the deal uh as far as duke you know window Morris coming back which i think is a really big uh, under the radar thing for them um he's going to be a really good player uh virginia is really going to be it's going to be a virginia year where they win the acc but it'll probably be very quiet and uh, louisville has a chance as always uh, it's going to be a year where virginia wins the acc but duke is still like considered the scariest team in the acc i do think that north carolina (laughs) has a lot of guard play that is going to be fascinating with these young guys like caleb love and they're going to make a lot of noise early on but they may just be chaotic uh but virginia is going to be seasoned and like you said clinical beat teams and carolina will probably have like 35 turnovers against them so yeah i don't i don't think kentucky people are that high on either uh, I, well, Quickly's gone, right? They're both yeah. they're both staying in. So, like, Quickly, Hagen's, they're yeah. both out. So, I mean, it's a, a Juzang obviously transferred. It's just uh, trying to piece together the rosters too. Like, even the the Virginia Tech roster under you know they're, they've changed so much. I I I just get the feel like as it stands today, uh, it sort of feels like the blue blood. It might not be a blue blood year next year. Mm. It might. What's be, Kansas uh, doing? Kansas needs Dotson to come back. Yeah, if Kansas I was if I was a Kansas, Agbaji's still there, right? Yeah, he's yeah. gonna be there. I think they, they lose Dotson, Azubuke, and Isaiah Moss. I think are like their three guys they lose, and then there's a pretty Miles Garrett Moss. be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a pretty <laughs> they lose just their two best players. Um, <laughs> exactly, like Dotson's got to come back. Someone <laughs> call Devin, like call him right now. Yeah, uh, actually, it might be too late if it's already it tomorrow. Might, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this, it's too late. <laughs> Dude, what what if there's a paperwork snafu and like a guy that that's I'm excited for that. I hope that happens. I mean, not for the kid, whoever it, it happens to, that would really suck. But man, that that's that's that feels like an NCAA story that's brewing. Is like some guy yeah. put, files his paperwork. We have a Cleveland Browns situation where they don't get the facts in in time, mm-hmm. and like the NCAA is like, sorry, you can't come back. And then all the blue check marks just go absolutely <laughs> apeshit on the NCAA for not allowing. <laughs> Yeah, I. Jay Billis says it's wrong. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We know that player, and we know his name well. No, Joe Easter. He's the, <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy. 
Uh, no, Nozel Eastern wouldn't be <laughs> Nozel Eastern wouldn't be like ten minutes late to, to get his paperwork. Like Nozel Eastern would put his name in the draft and the deadlines tonight, and then in like November he tries to pull out, and everyone's <laughs> like, like, "Dude, what?" what? It's like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm going to Iowa. They're gonna be pretty yeah, good. I need Iowa's a coach. Like, who, who are you? <laughs> He just shows up Iowa City with the, like a duffel bag over his shoulder and a ball under his arm. He's like, "I'm here, coach." They're like, "Yeah, who are you?" <laughs> Let that go. I was gonna, my last name DJ Funder Funderburg for NC State. That's the last yeah. name that I remember. Yeah, we, what we about fam- him? famously called DJ Funderfuck? Yeah, I know he's back. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious. Ohio State transfer. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. It's, it'll be a good season of college basketball. These guys coming back is gonna be good. Uh, and and the unfinished business part. Is real. I think uh, we we gotta have a season. There's gonna be a season. yeah. Maybe that's the one last question. Who, in your opinion, has the most unfinished business uh, of of the of these guys coming back? Um, for me, it's Luca Garza. It's gotta be Garza. Yeah, yeah. it's gotta be Garza. I think I think <laughs> Iowa, Iowa fans are so upset. They're like, he did so much this year. Because because again, or or it's gotta be the Baylor guys. It's one of yeah. those. Because it's like how great, how much we talked about Luca Garza last year. How much we talked about Baylor, and they mm. they have literally nothing to show for it. They have they didn't win anything. And Let, let's go NBA here and go co champions, uh, like they did with Coach of the Year, and let's just say yeah. both those. So both the those Baylor guys, guys and, and Luka Garza. Garza. Yeah, I think it's got to be them because they, <laughs> they they won nothing. Like they yeah. they have to come back and win something. And 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 guess what? They didn't even win this because we gave them co champions. <laughs> yeah, right. And so they're gonna tie for second. And my real answer is Aaron Henry. Yeah, Rocket Watch. Oh, damn it. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back and talk about this Pac-12 thing. Uh, maybe some NBA bubble stuff, too. Yeah, let's do some bubble stuff. Quick break to talk about our friend from Whoop. Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides personalized insights on the performance of your sleep, how recovered you are, and how much stress you put on your body throughout the day from both your workouts and the normal stressors of life. Whoop can help anyone perform better. That includes you, Tate. Mm. Whether you're playing pickup, preparing mm. for a race, preparing for a meeting, Etc. Whoop can help plan out your day and make smarter lifestyle decisions to help you feel better than ever. Whoop sent us uh, a couple bracelets. I don't. I don't know what the term would be. The brace, the straps. I don't. know. What do they call them? The straps. Uh, I. I have been wearing mine for the last three days, Tate. Um, the coolest thing is you. You. It, it measures like everything you have going on in your life, but then you wake up. It gives you like your recovery number. And it basically tells you like how, how, how much, how much gas you should have in the tank based on like how stressful your day was before, uh, uh, how well you slept the night before it's, it's, it's amazing. So basically I woke up this morning it told me I got some juice in the tank. So I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go for a run later tonight. Love it. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I, 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 I really, it, maybe that's what you're supposed to do when someone tells you that. Whoop. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Like kind of like, uh, and, and then, uh, on the contrary, the other day I drank like a little too much wine the Ooh. night before, and then I woke up and they were like, "Yeah, you're not, it doesn't, it doesn't look like you're feeling good." Whoop says, "Chill." it's a good day to chill. Uh, Whoop is offering fifteen percent off when you use the code Titus at checkout. Hey, there we go. There you go. Uh, go to whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter the code Titus to save fifteen percent. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter with Whoop today. 
And that's not all. We're also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It's a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. DraftKings is America's top-rated sportsbook app, and it is safe, secure, and reliable. There's tons of NBA promotions going on right now, and we got the PGA Tour, the PGA Championship back as well. You can head to the app and check out all they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and so much more. If the sportsbook is not yet available in your state, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app. I love fantasy basketball. It's a lot of fun. They're offering a shot at a share of over $1 million every day this week. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code TATE when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter promo code TATE when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to Titus and Tate. All right, Tate, during the break, we watched the end of the Thunder uh, uh, Nuggets game where Michael Porter Jr., <laughs> <laughs> posted a career high 37 points and 12 i'm very excited to talk about this there, there's there's a lot of bubble happenings but yeah we're, we're recording this just uh we're, we, we 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 during the break we, we honestly stopped just so we could watch michael mm-hmm. Porter. i've never cheered for a career i told you for, for a guy who's a corona truther i can't, I can't believe <laughs> yeah i was gonna say I'm for like this excited about it but mpj he has been the mystery from day one he was the mystery from steve Ballmer discovering him all the way up into this exact moment where he has proven to the world that he yes was actually worth a lottery pick which at the time seemed so far-fetched uh yeah. i mean even for you and i that both had seen him play that one game that one time and knew that Steve Ballmer had found him. Uh, we still at the time were like, wow, this guy's a lottery pick. But he's gone through the perfect system. He's been in Denver. Mike mm-hmm. Malone, obviously, is a great coach. Comes from his dad, Brendan Malone, who's like an old-school five-star coach. Those guys, I mean, he's in the perfect place to groom himself under Jokic and all these other bigs. But like you said, 37.12 rebounds in a real NBA game where he's playing pivotal minutes where I'm not really sure he can like actually cross over and like not lose the ball and look awkward. I don't know. You know, I mean, you, so you're it, saying there's still a mystery. Is he good? No, 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 no. The is mystery, the mystery is solved. I think he okay. is good, but I still, I have no. to say it is the most confusing, confounding thing I've been a part of. No, I don't think the mystery solved. I like where you're going with that. I think that's, that's why I'm so excited when he plays well is that it's, it, I, I, you hit the nail on the head. It's, I'm not cheering for Michael Porter. I'm cheering for content. And Yes. Michael Porter being like going nuts in the bubble <laughs> and suddenly is Michael Porter. Should he win rookie of the year? Mm. He's not going to, but, but I did find it fascinating that then when they were talking about the, the rookie of the year, they said the bubble stuff still counts. They're like, we haven't given it to John Morant yet. It still mm-hmm. matters what happens in the bubble. And is that a, is that a tip to like Michael Porter? You're saying if Michael Porter balls out, if the nuggets go to the Western conference finals, cause Michael Porter jr. Averages 37 points a game. <laughs> He's got to be rookie. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. The mystery it's continues. A, That's all you know, I'm saying. <laughs> it's 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 a very Magic Johnson type thing where Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. by the end of this is like playing center, but also point guard and like <laughs> running the Nuggets. And uh, yeah, like you said, they win they win the championship. We'll, we'll so. get we'll get let's do more NBA stuff later. <laughs> I want to make sure we we make time for this Pac-12 situation. Yep. Uh, the Pac-12 football players. Uh, they they wrote an article uh, in the the Players Tribune. The titles hashtag We Are United. That is like kind yes. of their hashtag, which I found like. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess it's just the, the times we live in that just together. Like, yeah. You just, Brotherhood. Not, not the, not the words we are united. It's just that like you put a hashtag as like the headline of your, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's just, a Duke branding thing. It's, it's yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the world um, we live in. We're in branded world, but enough about that. Let's not lose sight of the message, which is that 
Uh, these Pac-12 football players are rightfully so um, looking around at the world around them and saying, now hang on just a second. What are, why are we coming back to play football? This is insanity. We have no protocols seemingly in place whatsoever to handle the pandemic that's going on around us. And while we have you, uh, there's also these racial injustices. And also, I don't know if you noticed, we're not getting paid anything. Like, could we fix that, please? And they just kind of go through all of their demands. They, they they literally make a list of demands and whether it's like a, it's a, you know, they're threatening a boycott. I don't really know that. I was trying to like figure that out as well. That that wasn't exactly clear because some of them are like, I definitely still want to play. I would just like to see this happen. Others are kind of opting out. Like there's a situation with Washington State where like- There's varying levels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know- they are united in what they want, but you're, they're not necessarily united in like, and if we don't get this, we quit yeah, yeah. or like the, the action item too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, the reason it's particularly relevant to us beyond it being like a, a big thing in the world of, of college sports, but this is, the, it seems like the, uh, the wheels of change are just slowly, it's like they're rocking back and forth. And with each rock, it kind of gets a little closer to like a drastic, like, college sports as we know it the whole framework just explodes yeah it's kind of like the san andreas fault line of sorts yeah yeah and this 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 is like the probably the furthest it's kind of tipped in one direction and i don't think they're going to actually tip it for good i think it's going to then rock back and then it's still going to have to there's still gonna have to be something in the future that like pushes it over the edge uh but we're getting closer and and that's particularly noteworthy for us Absolutely. And uh, the response to this whole, you know, situation is obviously going to be very polarizing on both sides. There's going to be people that are one united. They're going to say, that's great. We're, we're happy yeah. for the players, right? The, the pay the players movement that everyone's seen for the past decade. Let's get it going. They're all fired up. But then there's also, you know, opinion columns that come out. And one of the columns that we got from the San Diego Union Tribune, basically the headline is as simple as it is from their vantage point, which is it's time for college sports to tell athletes to take it or leave it, which is if you don't like it, you can get out. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, That's their stance on it. And then Bomani Jones wrote a very powerful piece on the undefeated, um, which basically says, you know, the Pac-12 players followed the money and they decided, you know, it's time to make a change. And that is their vantage point of the situation. So, that that is where we are that is where the conversation is going going to continue and it's you know for the Pac-12 in general it just puts them in the center of the conversation which is great for you and I because we have a segment on our show called the Pac-12, the Pac-12 update. update so yeah, we can right. we, we can really lock in on this as it continues but i but i wonder what the uh what the fallout will look like as yeah. as we get down to because the NFL, we were seeing it, like the Patriots players, we have eight guys that are on the active roster that are not going to report to Patriots camp. So yeah. if NFL players are saying, I'm not going to report to camp because I don't feel safe, then what? and they're getting paid millions of dollars and they have guaranteed contracts and things like that, what do you think the ripple effect is going to be? Right, um, right. This is yeah. where we are. That's that, That's kind of where why I've been pessimistic about college sports happening is because I just don't envision a world where the college – students are going back to campus and like that's going to actually work and they're going to have college and if, if the students aren't on campus how are the players how are you going to ask these players to come and uh i think that's that's where they've arrived i think that's where the pac-12 guys kind of looked around and they're like we're not getting paid for any of this and you're making mm-hmm. us i mean you're not making us but at the same time you kind of are i mean like the ohio state guys uh I, ohio state was one of the first schools to to make guys like sign these waivers like basically we're not going to sue Ohio state if I get coronavirus while I'm working out, this is a voluntary thing and it is voluntary and, and they're holding a gun to the guy's head saying, you will sign this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Voluntary. Definitely. Um, 
but I, 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 whether that's enforceable or not, like that, that was going on around the country. And I think these guys were like, no, hang on a second. Let's, let's walk through this. So I, here, here's where I stand on this. First of all, I, I am very much in support of the players um, trying to generate change. I mean, I think if you listen to our show, you know that, that we are, are generally pro player in, in these sorts of discussions. Like we, I, I am very much pro name image likeness. I think that is, a good thing. I think them asking for that is important. I, it, it feels like we're trending that way anyway, and that's going to happen. Um, but any, you know, throwing your weight behind that certainly helps. Uh, obviously the COVID protections, I I'm all for that. I think them saying like, Hey, can we have some sort of protocol? Cause I think you, I think people are looking at like the NBA and NHL and MLS and like, they have a good thing going and they're saying, Oh, cool. Sports are back. So we can just all come back and have sports. And it's like, no, hang on a sec. The reason those are working is because they have like, they're testing out the ass. Like this Bubble. is, yeah, they're bubbled up. They're testing yeah. out. They have like a very obvious plan. We can't just like roll out the balls and say, let's go play and, and, and hope that nothing happens. So can we get some sort of protection? Uh, I, the racial injustice stuff, they, they want like resources allocated to helping black players and, and uh, just kind of being cognizant of the fact that like, the 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 demographics of the money-making sports teams on at the university do not line up with the demographics of the university at large and just finding ways to like kind of acknowledge what's going on there all this stuff i'm all for the one i think there's something about a one-time transfer being allowed in there i'm all for Mm -hmm. that even though they labeled it as like uh having to sit out as punishment which i don't think it's punishment but whatever also also the other thing i had written down uh they, they they put some in there about the freedom to stay in a draft like if you declare for a draft, you don't get drafted. You can then come back to school, which like, I think that should be the rule as well. I don't understand why that's not. Yeah. The, the, we've always talked about that. Like yeah, the, why, yeah. why make these deadlines real things as if they are legitimate? Like why can't just because you made a decision about a deadline that penalizes you from being able to return and do yeah. it for you in your career, especially if a coach wanted you to come back, it's because you made a decision on a deadline. It's so strange. Yeah. 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 Uh, so all that's, all that's good. I, I think, um, I, I, I think the act of doing this is a good thing where they're losing people. And the reason this is so polarizing, I think, uh, and, and it feels like public perception is kind of the, the tide is turning a little bit like to where, I mean, there's always, there's always dissenters on social media. Like you could say any issue and there's going to be people that are fighting over it. But I would say by and large, like the, the, the overall feeling of the general public was moving towards like supporting players getting a little cut. Right. Like, I don't, you can disagree if you want, but that's kind of where I feels like, I mean, the basically like I'm talking my dad into it. My dad's like, yeah, I guess maybe they could. And I was like, okay, well, if, if we're winning Bill Titus. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. The public opinion was shifting in that sense. But the, uh, I think a lot of the things in college sports in general is that the things are said, they, they're blankets. It's kind of like a block grant, right? We're given, we just throw a bunch of money at something and then we say, this will fix a bunch of things, but it's not specific. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like we're going to do this and that means this. It's like, well, you have name, image, and likeness, but there's 15 different other little codes that are written in that says, well, you can't do it with this car company. You can't, yeah, you can't do yeah. this. Can't. So it really yeah. doesn't work. But like yeah. Lincoln statement, yeah, it sounds better. It sounds like it'll be a fit. And it's sort of the, the same thing with all of this. I mean, the demands that are that are on the list, people are saying, you know, especially this Tribune, you know, column. Yeah. It's impossible. How could you do such a thing? Like that, that, that's, that's not even in the realm of possibility, but the idea, at least in my opinion of what they're trying to do with the union is to throw these ideas, to put them in the ether, to say, this is how radical it could go. Right. Because if you yeah, throw it all, yeah. if you stretch it all the way that far, 
then we can see what is in the middle of that. But at first, we have to stretch it all the way open. And yeah. to be honest with you, labor movements don't start without a work stoppage. So the only way that a big movement can happen is if the, the work stops. That's the only way that yeah. people really pay attention to anything. And that is the biggest threat to all. I mean, you talked about what is the threat. That's the threat. And for the longest time, the, there was no threat of work stoppage because the, the player, like the, just the, the hurdles that have to happen for the players to like unionize is, yeah. is you know, because well, they're most competitors. Of it, it's built they're, in yeah, for them yeah. not to be on the same. And, and they're only there for a finite period of time to where it's like most of them get to the point where you're just like, by the time you're a senior is the time that you, you should care the most because you've been through the system for four years. But at that point, you're like, eh, in four months, I'm, I'm trying to get drafted. So who gives a shit? Like, I'm just going to take my beatings and move on. And then you can never like generate a movement, but where they're losing people to, as you said, uh, it's just a negotiation tactic. They're just throwing it out a radical idea. Um, but it's just not playing well to the general. I just get the feeling that like, it's not playing well to say like, we want 50% of revenue. Well, cause people see the number too, right? They're like, this yeah. is 32. I think the number was 32 million, right? Then the players would get 16 million and then people see, you know, 16 million. They're like, well, you're yeah. already getting, you know, what's valued at $400,000 in some cases with the scholarship experience for these schools. And they're like, you know, what you just said, you know, the, the rhetoric behind it is not going to fall in favor of the players. Because, yeah. And what we've seen so much is that the rhetoric has always been on the side of the players because we have these guys making tons of money and the players not making any of it. So the rhetoric's always been on their side, but now that it's flipped the other way. Yeah. And well, it's I mean, funny how, yeah, exactly. The, the players represent like a disenfranchised group that is being taken advantage of. And when, when you just basically, when you package it like that, you're like, well, of I'm course. on that side. Like, yeah, let's help yeah. those people out. And then you start to peel back the layers more. And what happens is the general public, we're, 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 we're living in a time where the student loan crisis in this country is just absurd. And most absurd. people listening to the show and just in, in that you and I interact with on a daily basis and family members of mine. Yeah, my brother right now, yeah. <laughs> up to debt in their eyeballs with student loans. And they're looking at you saying, you have free education, you get free, you get all, all the perks in the world, you get free gear, you get free medical care, you get free everything. I would like... I'm supposed to, as, as a guy who's paying $50,000 to go to the school, I'm supposed to look at you and feel sorry for you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I can't do that. And that's kind of where you lose people when you, when you go down that path. You just made the, the perfect point. And I think this is why this whole thing is turned the way that it has and why the system is still working is because the colleges are sitting up here. The players are getting quote unquote, this, you know, however many thousand, hundred thousand dollars, whatever it's valued at. Right. Yeah, yeah. These same people are paying that same college. So both sides are now arguing with each other and they're both being used by the college. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly, they're both, like, exactly. like they're like, and they're not yelling at that play. You know what I mean? They're yelling at each other. And it's like, maybe we all go here and say, Hey, we're paying our tuition. Can we make sure we know our tuition goes to these kids? And yeah, then that yeah. way, like, you know what I mean? Like, can we, can we figure out a, a, a way where we all are transparent? And I know that that's yeah. so far from reality and that, that is never going to happen probably in college sports as we know it. And they, they basically said that the Pac-12 guys said that we have learned from being within the system that it will, the system will never change within it. Like it will never change within the system. It has to come no, from somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, it has to come from outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so. And to, to clarify, I don't, I'm not one of the guys that thinks that like you should be happy with the scholarship shut the hell up or that like <laughs> no, in any way is the, is the, are the schools out of scholarship? Cause I hate that too. When the schools, you get people that are like the schools are spending 200 grand on on tuition for for one player over the course of four years it's 200 it's a voucher it's not it's like yeah. not money like it costs them nothing to let one other person sit in the classroom and listen to the lectures like it's exactly. not 
they're not actually paying money for the tuition. You know what I mean? So Unless like, they're paying a, a bag and then it's like, but, but my concern with, with, with the, uh, this PAC 12 movement with the guys asking for revenue is that, and, and the part that I really feel strongly about is, um, they can't get revenue. You can't get, you can't, you have, I, I, in fact, 50%, I don't want them to get 50% revenue. I want them to get 0% revenue. Uh, and I want that to continue for all eternity in college sports, because the moment that players start getting revenue, cut of the revenue is the moment that players become employees. The moment they become employees is no longer uh, an amateurism model. It becomes a professional model, which is fine. Like, you know, there are a lot of people out there that want to, uh, they're like, yeah, amateurism is a sham. It is bad. Yeah. But I think I, my problem is if, if you do throw away the amateurism model, instead of like trying to tweak it and find a middle ground, the moment you accept a professional model, you are now competing against the NFL. You are now competing against the NBA. It is not like a it's it's not like a symbiotic relationship. It's like a direct competition of we are a professional league. And there's no once you start giving players cuts of the actual revenue and you start paying them in salaries, I don't know. That's just a can of worms. That's like uh, an absolute nightmare to just look here. I will say, in, in can of worms on a separate you know subject from what you're talking about, the can of worms that will be the ripple, like the fallout from that potentially, is that the colleges and the sports at the colleges are more institutionalized in American sports than the professional teams. So then you're yeah. going to have a real serious situation where that NFL funny money and all that you know NBA funny money, when those people want to pay you know, Carl uh, Anthony Towns to play at North Carolina next year. The, the, the funny yeah, money may come there. You know what yeah. I mean? And that may be more of an institution and people may pay to watch it every year. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I you're mean, right. And, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's, a, it's a, if I were the NBA or if I were the NFL, I would be terrorized by that idea more so yeah. than the players, you know, getting empowerment. I'd be terrified of the idea that these power five Texas and all these schools say, well, Texas is a bigger brand than Washington football team. Yeah. If, if why, why why don't yeah. you want to play with like come play with texas i mean and, and, and i'm gonna pay you more than jerry jones will pay you yeah you're you're absolutely right it sounds Think ridiculous it. but you're absolutely right if you're if you're asking texas fans and kansas city Chiefs fans to get together and like patrick mahomes salary has to come from that group of people whoever raises the most money is like what we can offer patrick mahomes texas is raising the most money yeah, yeah the texas yeah, fans are yeah absolutely they're throwing, yeah, and guess get, what? And guess what? All those and, people have – there's more pure fandom for the Longhorns than there may be for, you know, a, a certain team in the NFL, yeah. like the but Chiefs. I, but to that point, like, like, college, like, yeah, so college sports would be fine in that regard, but then it's, it's no longer college sport. It just becomes – No, it's a professional it's like sports absorbs the It absorbs, like, the NFL and, like, just – I don't know. No, and, it's chaos is what it is. And not it's, to mention the Title IX implications of – so if you walk through it, uh, the players get 50% of the revenue. That means the schools now have half as much money as they did or half mm-hmm. – you, you know. Yep. If I'm doing my math correctly. Um, <laughs> so now the schools can – they're going to have to cut sports because – like for, for all the, the, the stupid accounting that goes on with these schools, because, you, you know, like a lot of times the schools like to pretend like they don't have money, but they're really just like putting flat screen TVs in the women's field hockey locker room. And it's like, do we really need all the, you know, they find a way to spend the money, but um, they're going to have why, to end up. That's why they're scrambling right now because they don't have the, the budget's yeah, already built yeah. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're going to, if you give 50% of the revenue to the players, that's fine. Like they're getting their fair share, whatever it is. But now you're going to have to cut all of the – there's only two sports that make money, men's basketball and football. Sometimes 
I guess women's basketball at UConn might make a little money. But like gymnastics yeah. in Georgia. Or yeah, like yeah. Some, or like some, the right, like, like stand out. If yeah, you yeah. hit the right, but it, across the board, there's two sports that make money. Um, yeah. So now you're going to have to cut all these non-revenue sports, but you, you got to also keep Title IX in play. So you got to like cut men's sports mostly. And then like the football, the scholarships have to be equal. So like the football has 85 scholars. There's no sport or however many scholarships they get. There's no sport on campus that gives out as much many scholarships as football. So I just, the, 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 the decision to like keep sports, cut sports, maybe they cut scholars. I think the, the article you're talking about that, that people are really upset about the brought that point up the, um, yeah, you might have to cut football scholarships. You might have to, I don't know. And, and it's just the implications that come from, it's not as easy as like, let's just give the players money because that's great. But what you might be giving up, by getting that money it might be worth so much more and, and just fundamentally change. Yeah. I don't know. It may, it, 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 that part of it feels very short sighted, but maybe they understand that. And they were just like, let's just put this on there just because it might be like when I used to write columns and I would put like three very inappropriate jokes in there. And I knew that two of them were going to get cut. And I just but it's worth it to see where the line is, right? I just That's wanted I mean. to see if I could sneak the one in. <laughs> yeah, poke the bear. Yeah, you know, yeah. see if you get one by. Exactly. And that was, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a divert. It's a David yeah, Blaine. Sort of is, yeah. I mean, yeah, look over here and we'll do this. Um, I think the NCAA has been doing that for a long time. So As they're all arguing over that, they just snuck in the one-time transfer rule in the name of yeah. just They got that in as everyone was losing their minds about the 50%. One thing it feels like we – Maybe we don't all agree on it. I was about to say, like, I feel like we all agree. <laughs> what do we all sucks. agree on? That's yeah, like, what do we even all agree on? But I, I feel like everyone does agree that the system sucks, but I don't even know if that's true. But, the like, put it this way. The system is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. That much, that's, that's probably like, that the is, best. Yes. That is something, whether, whether you think it should be or not, like, it's clear that this amateur model that we have today cannot possibly exist in 20 years. Like, something's exactly. going to have, there's going to have to be a dramatic change. So, knowing that let's like just accept that as fact and then let's all come together and figure out what the middle ground is where we should fall on that instead of like let's make that moment yeah Yeah. let's let's all be in on the moment as opposed to letting some sort of outside circumstance determine the moment let's all be a part of it and say you know i don't know let's let's i will say find out what the best this is is. this is this this pac-12 situation is this is great timing I, i i've seen some people try to argue that it's like not great timing because uh, there might not even be a season and like you're demanding stuff for, but I think this is perfect time with the coronavirus situation. I think like all these, all these college administrators and athletic directors and all that, they're scrambling to like salvage a season. And they, if I, I think under normal circumstances, if, if going into, um, if going into next season, not this coming season, but a season from now, all the Ohio state players were like, we're not going to play football this coming next season, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or if everyone across the board, everyone in the big 10 said, we're not playing football. You, you and I both know, because we, we grew up in this, that like there will always be players that will wear the jerseys. And as long as there are players wearing the jerseys, the fans will care about the players wearing the jerseys. And to a certain extent, like Bingo. the talent level, yeah. you'll take a little bit of a financial hit if it's not like obviously NFL caliber football. But like, you know, for the most part, like people aren't going to care. Um, so the idea of players boycotting under normal circumstances is kind of a, I, I don't know if I would like advise for that because I feel like most of the schools will just be like, fuck it. We'll just have like the kids on the interim real team come play and we're going to sell just as many season tickets. Cause these alumni, are, they're not here for the games. <laughs> like the Northwestern alumni aren't there to watch Northwestern win. They're there no, to like, put on their hobnob and socialize. They put on their purple sweatshirt with the white end. They go tailgate. They 
and we love it. Bro- they broker deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. But this year is different because th- th- you can't get replacement play. Like, how are they going to field a team? How you know? Like, they're scrambling to like get something t- to throw something together. And if all the there's players no Shane Falco out, to be found. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're absolutely screwed if they if all the players pull out. So. um I don't know. I, I'm for that. I, I thought uh, – I, I want to get this kid's name right. Elijah Molden. I don't follow Pac-12 football as close as I do. Elijah Molden, uh, who's, a, who's a cornerback for Washington, he put out a statement, and he, he basically – I thought it was really, really good. And, and yeah. I agreed with a lot of what he was I, – I, I, if, if I was to make my thoughts succinct and type them out, it would basically be what this, what this kid tweeted, that, that, like, I'm all for the players. Um, the overall sentiment is good. Fight for what you want. But at the same time, like <laughs> – let's be smart about this because 50% revenue is pretty crazy. Like this is a crazy idea that we're asking for this, but um, I don't know. I wanted to shout him out. Cause I thought he, he's a guy that's like involved in this. He's like, I have my, they have my support, but at the same time, like we got to be smart and not be too crazy with our demands here. But anyway, I know, it, you know he's a, it's a great example of someone, like you said, just like trying to, but it, there's varying levels of voices. And like you said, you hope that those people see that voice, see the rationalization of things. And they're obviously trying to, to stretch it as far as they can. Trevor Lawrence also tweeted something that got deleted, um, which I, yeah. I I don't know what he actually What do you say, that the Clemson cheated against Ohio State? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that say that? No, no, no. no. I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Did he finally admit it? <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't know. They paid off the refs? Is that what he, is that what he said? <laughs> uh, can, can we, speaking of football, can we do something fun? Uh, the Rock is part of an investment group that paid $15 mm-hmm. million dollars for the XFL, which begs the question, mm-hmm. The XFL is worth $15 million and a podcast network that I helped build was worth $200 million? <laughs> What? Wait, what? Wait, what? Huh? $15 million to buy the XFL, Mark Titus. That's a pretty good deal. Pretty uh, that, good. That is, that is, yeah. Bill should buy the XFL. That's so what Bill's saying. looking at that. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, wants to, who wants to talk about it? Live it. Make Kyle the mascot of the official mascot of the XL. <laughs> Dude, unbelievable, right? That's what I'm saying. Fifteen million dollars for the Rock to have the XL. That is that is pretty insane. That is fifteen. How many how many professional athletes? I wish I would have done uh, mm. the legwork for this. How many pro athletes make more than fifteen million dollars a year? <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> many. Lou Aldang. Lou Aldang could have bought the XL. There you go. There's your answer. <laughs> Tim, Timothy Mozgov could have bought the XFL. Evan Turner probably could have bought the XFL. Is he still on that Portland contract? Yeah, one hundred percent could have bought the XFL. I'm trying to think about who, like John Hin- John Hinson could have bought the XFL. <laughs> oh man, oh, I love it. That's fantastic. shout out to the XFL. NBA thoughts before we wrap this up. Uh, NBA what thoughts. You, what, the are Phoenix- what are you yeah, seeing? What are you what am I seeing? Uh, I'm seeing the Phoenix Suns doing everything that they were they were destined to do, which is to shine mm-hmm. in prime time in the bubble. Cam Johnson had 19 and 12 the other night. Uh, I love the camaraderie. I love the fact that the the Suns are such a young team that they actually the, you know you have to be fans for your your own team at this point. Yeah, because there are no fans. Obviously, we know that despite the virtual weird fans we got with Chris Bosh and Paul Pierce and all these former yeah. players pop in and scaring us. I love the young Suns. I love how excited they are. I also love the old Rockets. Because they're just like, yeah. they're just like, you know, basically working their way through it, pissed off. But they, they've been great so far. So those are my two teams. That was my one note is I love the Rockets. 
Okay, I, great. I know Love the Rockets it. are very polarizing and people hate the Rockets. Yeah. Um, and I, I was kind of on the fence to be out. Like, I don't. I like the Rockets in the bubble. That's what we should say. Yeah. I don't really care. I know you, I know I, you, you, you like to point out that I'm a huge Pacers fan or a Cavs <laughs> fan, depending on where LeBron James is playing. But I never really <laughs> or care. Or what podcast you're on. <laughs> yeah, or what podcast I'm, I'm a guest on. <laughs> I've never really been like super passionate about an NBA team to the point that like the Rockets would piss me off that how you know like i just kind of like watch it all and soak it all in and i yeah. i hadn't really formed an opinion but so far from the bubble i'm i'm kind of all in on the rockets i nice. i i really like i don't know they the, the make shots philosophy it's something i can get behind just absolutely also defensively they just switch everything which is it's very it's very fun it, it's you know fun I mean? dude they play the most fun <laughs> brain of basketball like the only thing to hate about the rockets is hard travels every goddamn time he gets the ball mm. um which is it even his fault? I don't know. I've had debates with friends about this of like, is he morally obligated to not do that? And mm. my friends think that if it's, if he's not getting called for it, he should keep doing it. I think that like there, there are plenty of things in everyday life that aren't illegal, but you still can't do them because they're immoral. And I think that's, that's my analogy I'd use for James Harden. James Harden, you know, you're traveling. So stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, at the end of the day, if you're James Harden, if you have created enough of a travel that has been called a gather and is now in the verbiage of NBA fans as a gather dribble or gather step or whatever the gather they want to call it, then you are a legend. And I just want to point out, I'm watching right now, Grayson Allen versus J.J. Redick uh, in the Pelicans-Grizzlies game. They're guarding each other. I mean, the bubble oh has God. delivered. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I just want to stress that and reiterate that because we obviously – I mean, I know me personally. I had some huge doubts. But so far, I mean, I've gotten some of the matchups that I've dreamed about. I mean, Dylan Brooks and, and Grayson Allen being on the same team in general is great. Then the two of them trying to muddy the waters against J.J. Redick. Who will take the most charges in this game? No one knows. Who will hit each other in the balls? No one knows. But this yeah. is a lot of good basketball. I don't want to put too much pressure on the bubble, but I've put all of my hope in just life itself on the NBA bubble. Grayson was- has 15 points. He's five <laughs> for six from three. Five for six, Mark Titus, right now. Just want to point that out there, guys. Grayson now has been playing really well in the bubble. And there's a lot of people that hate Grayson now. And, and I think Grayson's a good basketball player, and I think he works hard. I think he's a gritty guy, <laughs> and I'm happy for him in Memphis. Equality on his back. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I don't. I don't want to put too much pressure on the bubble tape, but I, I, my, my entire hope of life itself rests on this NBA bubble. I was, I was in despair. I thought like you were nothing, in despair. You nothing seemed, was ever you coming back. Very, Sports very, were officially yeah, positive dead vibes forever. only. They're rolling. And then now it's rolling, man. And I, I just need this. I need to see this through. This is, this is fantastic. I love. I do love the Rockets. They, they play the most. Fun. <laughs> That's the team I would want to be on. If, if I could. If if uh, I could pick any team to to just be a member of, and I don't know how much fun their locker room is, but I'm just talking about like just playing. If I had to play, if something happened and I had to play 15 minutes for every single night for an NBA team, and I had to pick which one, I would pick the Houston Rockets because I would just stand in the corner as yeah. James Harden and Russ Westbrook do everything. I would switch on defense, which is already what I do anyway. Is I just get hit with the pick and just yell switch. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect brand of basketball for me. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my answer would be the Denver Nuggets, and all I would do is every time they swing it around to me, I would just swing it to Michael Porter Jr. and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, go to work because <laughs> I got to figure it out. I'm um, like, best of that guy. I want to shout out the the Toronto Raptors as well, man. They're, they're, they're oh, not a lot of defense, defense in the league. Yeah. Not a lot of defense being played in the bubble so far, but the Raptors are locking up, and uh, it's it is fascinating that they are the defending champions. They have a better record than they had with Kawhi Leonard on the team, and no one is taking them seriously. It feels like. 
it does no, it is it's like kind of don't exist <laughs> <laughs> it is funny how like you know the lakers play the raptors right the raptors you know they handle the lakers they obviously have siakam and og ananobi on the wing two guys that are both six nine and ridiculous and lebron james after the game basically is like this team is great without Kawhi leonard and then it seemed like america now that lebron has said it you know america's like you know what that's a good point so I like that. So shout out to LeBron for, you know, like just changing the narrative. You know, he was like, the, these the, people are disrespecting the Raptors. I'm going to say something. Yeah, I'm trying to think about the Raptors. <laughs> it's not because they beat me, <laughs> but let me say something. We did the analogy. We did the, the NBA to college thing, and we said the Raptors were like Virginia, which is pretty spot on. They, like, they played lockdown D. They won the title, but no one yep. really cares or counts it or remembers. Yep. Or, yeah, it's just kind of disregarded. The God's plan, the Drake. Mm. But I'm trying to think of what the analogy would be for like a college team that like the Raptors were like – a college team that starts like 10 and 0, but they were unranked in the preseason. And mm-hmm. then they, in one of those 10 losses, they like upset Duke at Cameron, but yes. somehow, somehow Duke is still ranked higher than them, even though they're 10 and 0 and they beat Duke. Again, you know? yeah, it would be like Dayton this year. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it's like, done that. yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like what Dayton did. If Dayton had beat Kansas and Maui and then yep. Dayton, Dayton debuts in the AP poll at like 11 and Kansas <laughs> is ranked like six. And you're like, how the hell is that possible when they just, Yeah. That's uh that, that's people, how I feel with the Raptors. It's just like, well, now hang on. They beat the they beat the Lakers, but does it count? Is it enough for them to actually be contenders now? No, the Lakers and Clippers are still the favorites. No, they're still the Raptors, favorites. Yeah. yeah, in America's mind, they're still the Lakers and the Clippers. As if they can play in the finals. That was my favorite. Yeah, uh, yeah. Someone's someone's doing it on Twitter and they're like, Who's the best finals matchup? And like half the comments were Lakers Clippers. And Lakers, I was like, Clippers. Man, this is the NBA right here. <laughs> Do we got what any other thoughts? Should we? What, what's your bubble breaker status? How are your guys doing? I, I wasn't paying attention. I was paying attention to my guys. Uh, my guy Michael Porter. I don't know. He was on. My yeah, yeah. Well, Michael Porter was one of my guys. Also, we both oh, had Michael Porter. True. I changed it to Bull Bull, and then he's decided that he uh, doesn't want to do anything for us in the bubble. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, T.J. Warren, my top pick, of course, put up 50, <laughs> 53 points. I thought uh, I gotta say my pick of Trey Burke. Uh, really, really great, great pick. <laughs> he's one of my he's Trey, do you think Trey Burke's one of the best players the last decade in the Big Ten? I think so. I think, I think so. That's for least. sure. Who's your bubble breakout guy? Who, who was the guy you picked? I, I can't remember your list. How, how, how are you guys doing? I mean, I'm trying to think about who was my main bubble breakout guy from my list. Uh, yeah, sorry, so, take so a going well. My, my, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, it, sounds, it, like, sounds like it's going oh, well. It, it was Shay. It was Shay, apparently. Oh, yeah, you picked the best player. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't even count. I'm trying to think about who was, uh, I don't even remember I what my James list Harden was. James Harden is looking good right now. James Harden. Oh, it was Cam Johnson, of course, 19 and 12. He was the Carl Jr.'s player of the game uh, last night. So it was definitely, it was definitely Cam Johnson and Ty Jerome. Shake Milton was the real disappointment. Shake Milton was the one you wait. Who, who's the guy you're waiting on? Is it Shake Milton? I'm waiting, waiting on, on Shake Milton, and I'm waiting on uh, Bull Bull to get more playing time. But OG Ananobi's been great. Cam Johnson. Oh been yeah, great. you had Ananobi. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Ananobi's so, so, been good. Yeah, yeah. OG OG's been great. He was plus speaking 27 of, the other night. Speaking of the Raptors, Matt Thomas in two games has played six total minutes. He's 0 for two from the field. Thank you, Louise. Games. I don't even remember who my bubble breakers are. That's how lost I am in quarantine. I got I got my list in my top five. I'm like, that's a pretty good list minus Shake Milton. Uh. <laughs> Matt Matt Thomas is getting no burn. I don't know what's happening. I think we just got to be patient. Is that he's it? late playoffs? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's I a think, he's I a player he's, switch in the playoffs where we're like a, it's a matchup. Player matchup. Uh, maybe a rolled ankle on the Raptors gets him a little more minutes. Uh, something like that. I think I think I got to be patient with that one because so far, I mean, I was I was very animated on that show where I was like, mark yeah. my words, I stake mm. my reputation. Mm. Mm. No, I mean I love that. <laughs> and he's, second played, and he's played six total minutes. Uh, and then the, Chris Chioza, he had a decent game on Sunday against the Nets. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Or not the Nets, the, the Wizards. He plays for the Nets. Um, yeah, I, I was going like, to say, I did not watch Net, Nets Wizards. That was the first game of the had, day. Uh, I think it was the, the, the Wizards. Who the hell knows? I'm not, I, that was I, the first game of the day. I didn't right. actually watch it. I just looked up the box. He, <laughs> exactly. had four, he had 14 and 6. And then Mo Bamba was another one of my pick. He had uh, He's played 10 total minutes, and he's 0 for 4 from the field. So uh, a little bit all over the place on my picks. But we got my- my one, my one pick that I will say that is a guaranteed lock to have a great tournament uh, is Markel Fultz. And a lot, he's a guy that a lot of people want to call a bust or did call a bust at one point. Markel Fultz is one of those people that would thrive in a bubble atmosphere. He doesn't like people watching him play basketball, I think, fans-wise, because <laughs> he's been so jaded by all the mean looks he's gotten over the years. So he hit like a half-court shot at the end of the game. I mean, he just seems like he's having a great time playing basketball. And uh, I don't know. We never mentioned Markel Fultz on the mm-hmm. show. Um, and you hated him coming out of college. I hated him I just, I'll just never forget you being like he didn't he didn't play varsity as a sophomore in, in high school exactly I'm exactly not taking him number one <laughs> yeah and then turns out Peyton Watson comes on our show and he's like I didn't play it either and I'm yeah, like yeah. It, <laughs> breaking my one rule uh, uh but Markel Fultz watch out for Markel Fultz uh, shout out. outs let's wrap this thing up uh shout yeah. outs uh I want to shout out to Ty Jerome uh Ty Jerome again uh on the Phoenix Suns the young Suns he's been a great bench mob guy and I feel like the bench mob has been lost Due to Kent, Kent Bazemore with the Warriors was the last time. I mean, obviously the Nets last year with Theo Pinson was really good. But the last time I felt like the bench bomb really went all the way out was with the Warriors teams early on with Kent Bazemore. And the Suns are giving me those vibes. And I like Ty Jerome on the bench getting those guys fired up. I like Devin Booker being friends with everybody on the team and talking to everybody, even the guys yeah. that don't play that much. Um, so shout out to Ty Jerome. Uh, the, the setup at the bubble, it, it lends itself to some bench mob antics because you yeah. got the – the the it's it, the, the Torrey way it's Craig all just did this. And, Torrey Craig just did this when they every, won the game. Everyone has a ton of room because they got the the seats spaced out, so you can get up and like kind of act the yeah. fool, and you're not hitting anybody. Yeah. You're not on the court like the benches normally are, and then yeah. also there's there's no fans behind you, so you don't have to sit back down. So they can just kind of like get up and and like uh, Javel McGee was just like, yes, oh my god, and like. Yeah, doing yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we got to keep an eye on that on the the bench antics as we pr- proceed through the bubble. They're going to get crazier and crazier. That's crazier. Cool. Yes. Um, I want to shout out Billy Donovan. One was named Coach of the Year with Mike uh, Budenholzer. Um, they they were co-coach of the year. Nick Nurse missed out by one vote because it, I, I I'll, I'll I'll full disclosure I was the vote. Uh, mm. I didn't vote for him because he didn't play Matt Thomas. <laughs> Mm-hmm. finally finally the truth comes out play matt Indeed. thomas you, if, if you can't be the best coach in the and uh in, you can't in, see in, matt yeah. thomas's yeah. talent i don't know who you <laughs> yeah. are yeah. uh billy donovan a guy who uh obviously is a college basketball coaching legend won two titles at florida went to the nba chased the bag um i thought at the time it was a temporary move he was going to chase the bag he's going to find his way back to college he's going to become the head basketball coach for your indiana hoosiers mm. And I think, I think the reason I'm bringing this up is I think the dream is dead. I don't think Billy Donovan's coming back to college. I think it's officially dead. He was on the hot seat last year, and even then I was like, maybe he gets fired. Maybe, he's, maybe we can still float his name as like a Coach K successor rumor. Mm. I love that. UCLA opened up, and like there were small pockets of the internet. They were like, maybe Billy Donovan. Yeah, we, we tried to plant those seeds everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, thought, uh, I thought I really genuinely thought uh, Billy Donovan to Michigan could have happened uh, when, when they hired Juwan Howard just because mm. – I think I was just like very just anxious about the whole idea of it. Just like, that just felt like uh, you were like, uh, let me get, who's the, yeah. who's the best like, coach they could get. Yeah. yeah like exactly. what's the worst case scenario as an Ohio state fan is like Michigan yeah. Lance, Billy Donovan. And so yeah. I was worried that was going to happen, but um, I, th- I think the dream is dead. I think Billy Donovan's done and he's in the, the NBA. So I just wanted to, to, I just want to say thank you, Billy Donovan for all you did, except for 2007 when you cheated in the national title game. But otherwise uh, you were great for college basketball and we hope the NBA treats you well. And, 
if the NBA is ever mean to you and mistreats you, you're always welcome back. Home. You're always welcome back. Exactly. And shout out to Chris Paul in that same vein, because I think that uh, you mentioned this last time, Chris Paul, uh, you know, the bubble, what he was able to put on for the bubble, but for the fact that Chris Paul was able to go to the Oklahoma City Thunder, prove that Billy Donovan, who I think has always been a good coach with Oklahoma City, you know, he didn't need the Russell Westbrook or the Paul George or whatever those guys, you know, the, the superstar, all-star mm-hmm. type player in the NBA. Chris Paul sets a foundation. He gets a bunch of young guys to kind of buy in and You grow. love the Thunder team. I love the Thunder. I yeah. love the Thunder. And I love, uh, I just love the idea that they, there's a lot of account- accountability on the basketball court, if that makes any sense, where yeah. if Darius Baisley, like, you know, screws up and doesn't see, like, a cut by someone, like, if Lugans Dortz make a backdoor cut and he's wide open, Chris Paul and Billy Donovan can just rail him, yell at him, and he's just kind of, like, un- like he just unfazed. And then the next possession, the same thing's yeah. happening. He throws a lob and it's a dunk, and it's like, all right, he's learned something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, it's like a college team. They seem to be growing the more they play with each other. Yeah. And, uh, the confidence is just kind of exuding out of the young guys. And I, I attribute a lot of that to Chris Paul because Chris Paul, um, as you and I both know, he is a ultra competitor and he's not mm-hmm. afraid to tell you the truth. And if Chris Paul is telling you you're good, you, that's got to feel good. It feels good. Yeah, yeah exactly. But if he Chris tells Paul, you you suck, you're like, uh, well, I better work on my yeah. game a little bit. You and Gallinari is like, I didn't understand what he said. Yeah, and he's, yeah. like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to keep shooting threes. Perfect. Um, but yeah, those are my final shout outs. Shout That's out to Chris it. Paul too. Yeah. Do, do you have a statement on Ellen, your former employer, uh, getting canceled on the internet? Do you, do, would you like to address those rumors or should we it's just too close? Should it's we, too close. It Cause it's I, too close. I've been getting asked about this. My phone's <laughs> blowing up. They're like, is Tate okay? Is Tate, is Tate the leak? And I said, who would have thought that I go to the Warner brothers lot for something totally separate. And, uh, it comes out that I work at Ellen. I mean, that's the Ellen power, honestly. Do you uh, want to put, do you want to put the Ellen bit to rest once and for all? The, the... I think it's been to rest, but, <laughs> I, been <laughs> but I don't mind it. You, like I said, you addressing whether you work for Ellen is Vince Carter retiring where every, just keeps going <laughs> every back. month and a half. Like, you have I'm to so back. sorry. And it's so funny how many people legitimately took that to be, to be a real thing. Uh, but yeah, Jim told me he was going to try to apply for the show to take over. Um, Jim Cunningham, our friend, uh, and, and speaking of shout out to Jim Cunningham, he's a, producer now officially at extra points yeah um we're gonna have him on the show at some point to make fun of i'm sure uh but yeah my final thought is uh stay safe out there everything is not what it seems <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and not uh, always, it's not always dancing around having a good time folks you and know? start a podcast and someday you could sell it and then take your money and buy like and buy the XFL, buy a bunch of professional football leagues in this country. It's the American dream. Fifteen God. million dollars. <laughs> God bless. That's all you need. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Blue Jackets. The CBJ beat the hell out of the Maple Leafs, up one zero in that series, baby. I have no nice. idea what that what the NHL format is. I have no idea what what else the the CBJ need to do to win the cup. But uh, I'm going to keep refreshing my score and try to figure out when they're on TV and I'm going to watch and cheer for them. And- I love that you're locked in on the NHL. Um, I just had one last thought on the, the XFL and the $15 million. <laughs> yeah. If the Pac-12, if they, if they get the 50% revenue, they oh, take God. the $16 million, they buy the XFL from the Rock, and then they become Dude. a professional football league. Dude, That's literally, the, literally the, the, the Rock, the first statement they should put out <laughs> Is the the Rock should quote tweet the We Are United article and just be yes. like, "We'll we'll do all of this," and that's all yeah. he says. Yeah, we we will meet we, we all the you. demands. Yeah, we, we got meet you. All your, we got you. We that's got all he says. We got you. <laughs> and then like all the Pac-12 players can just move to <laughs> to the XFL, and that is Pac-12 this year. 
honestly, that's the Pac-12 update. It is now the XFL. Did, did, <laughs> <laughs> did we just? Is that business? Did we just do yeah, business? I think we did. We just made a merger. I think. I think <laughs> that was a merger. <laughs> that is genius. That is genius. And with that, we'll end. We'll, we'll end on a high note. We're gonna there Costanza go. that one. We'll just walk out of the room. We killed it. Titus, before we get out of here, we got one more thing. We gotta. I gotta mention this. Uh, the Club Trillion. Club oh, Trill. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. How did I? I don't understand yes. how I left this off my list. Um. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Mark Jones. Yeah, um, no, I, first shout out yeah, to Mark yeah, Titus. Yeah, 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 club and then Mark, Mark Jones, Jones shout out. Yes, gave a club trillion shout out during yep. the. It was Jazz Thunder, I want to say. Yes, I think was that so. The yeah. game, I don't. Yeah. Think it doesn't matter. But he said uh, <laughs> they don't want to be involved. He, the guys were checking in, and he says, uh, "You, you want to make sure you record a statistic. You don't want to be involved in club. You don't want to be a member of club. You Trill. don't want to be a member of Club Trill. And you know, like." Not exactly a ringing endorsement of mm. the brand that I built, but at the same time, he acknowledged it on national television. And uh, and more to the point, Doris Burke got a lesson in what Club Trillion is because Doris Burke was like, huh? Yeah, she was like, what? Was wait, like, wait, what do you mean, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, what are you talking about? And then Mark Jones spelled out exactly, and he knew what it was, so that's awesome. I do, mm. I do applaud him for that. And uh, yeah, that was that was a really cool moment. I, a lot of people were, were blowing me up and they were like, this is awesome that they're talking about this, but the, he didn't say your name. I was like, I don't, I don't need to hear. No, me. exactly. There's a lot I'm of people a, that were upset about the name. That. No, yeah. you need the name, but 23 does... year old me, I would have lost my shit. I would have been like, how are you yeah. not going to name it? But I'm, I'm too, I don't care anymore. Yeah. But it is, it is one of those things where ESPN, I feel like they public domain club trillion. Like they, like everyone that goes yeah, to ESPN, yeah, yeah, they yeah, like no find kidding. out about club trillion. <laughs> yeah. Like last year, Katie Nolan wore the shirt and then she was like, yeah. what do you mean? She's like, what do you mean club trillion? Just yeah. Like, yeah. They, I'm going to keep saying I don't care. And one day I'm going to look up and like my ESPN Twitter handle. has a new show, Club Trillion. My Twitter handle, the L's are are the number one now because like they jacked my Twitter handle from me. Yeah, it's, they yeah, have a new show yeah. called Club Trillion. I'm like, what the hell? They yeah. hit you up. They're like, hey, we had this thing, Club Trillion, that we're yeah. going to start. You're like, what? Huh? Anyway, uh, yeah, good call, Tate. I, I can't believe I almost forgot that. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to Club All right, Trillion. That's it. That's the show. We're getting out of here. See you guys.